Hello, and welcome to worship. I'm Beth Kelly, Admin Assistant here at First St. Charles. We're so glad that you've chosen to worship with us online. In just a moment, Reverend Dr. Kate Hanch will be continuing our cringe sermon series on the difficult teachings of Jesus. Today's scripture comes from the book of Luke chapter 13. At that time, some Pharisees approached Jesus and said, go, get away from here because Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, go, tell that fox, look, I'm throwing out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will complete my work. However, it's necessary for me to travel today, tomorrow and the next day because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. This is God's word. Lord, have mercy. So we're continuing the sermon series about the things Jesus said that make us cringe. They make us cringe because they implicate us more than we'd care to admit. Sayings like, sell your possessions and give to those in need, in Luke 12, 33. Jesus says that more than once in the Gospels. And I've never done that. And I'll be honest with you, there are a few, there are worse things than to be called than a fox. Even, I imagine, in Jesus' day. These chapters in Luke, chapters 12, 13, and 14, feel to me at least some of those hardest chapters with the hardest sayings in Luke. Jesus has seemed to lose his patience, and with that, his filter. To be fair, he had been patient for a long, 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 long time. And those around him still didn't get it. Or perhaps, if they're like me, they didn't want to get it. Jesus had dealt with the not-so-smart questions from his disciples. After Jesus had told some parables, which are stories ripe with meaning, Peter has to jump in and ask, Lord, are you telling those parables for us or for everyone? Jesus, tired of Peter's interruptions, explains it with another story. Then, in chapter 12, 49, Jesus, exasperated at the state of the world, exclaims, I came to cast fire upon the earth. How I wish that it was already ablaze. Then two verses later, Jesus said, Do you think that I have come to the earth to bring peace? No, I tell you, I have come instead to bring division in 1251. Phew! Well, that makes me cringe. And that is not what I would want Jesus to look like. Have you ever been scolded by a parent or an authority figure so thoroughly that you knew when to close your mouth and twiddle your thumbs? I imagine that was what the disciples should have done a while ago instead of pressing Jesus. If they were to say anything else, they'd most likely go straight to the room and be grounded. So in chapter 13, in Luke chapter 13, before we get to these verses today, Jesus and his disciples are all over the place. 
his disciples ask him a question. Jesus rolls his eyes and answers with a cryptic, in a cryptic fashion. And then maybe Jesus tells a couple parables. Perhaps heals a couple people, and then the cycle repeats and repeats. Well, the Pharisees interrupt the cycle to give Jesus a warning. Jesus knew them because he too was a Pharisee. Herod is trying to kill him. And where have we seen that story before? Well, Herod's ancestor also named Herod, because let's face it, they weren't the most creative bunch. When Jesus was a baby, his parents, Mary and Joseph, had to flee Egypt, becoming refugees in that land, because Herod was threatened by a tiny baby who the Magi said was special. Imagine being threatened by a newborn. Well, apparently, as an adult in Jesus' time, things hadn't changed much, including the name of the king. Different king, same name. According to the Pharisees, this Herod was still feeling threatened by that peasant, poor rabbi. And generally, genuinely worried, the Pharisees were genuinely worried, they urged Jesus to run away and to flee. Well, as we see, Jesus is having none of it. Jesus dry, dryly says to them, to them, tell that fox Herod, I'm not done yet. He can kill me when the mission is fulfilled. Jesus stood up to authority. But what did Jesus actually mean when he called Herod a fox? So when I heard this passage first, I thought of the saying, sly as a fox. And for centuries, for centuries, we have depicted foxes in this way. Aesop's tales revealed foxes acting in their own self-interest, not caring who gets hurt along the way. Shakespeare mentions foxes multiple times in his plays and his sonnets. And in Slavic culture, foxes function as tricksters, both for good and for bad. Foxes deceive and trick others. It's just what they do. Now, in ancient Mesopotamian literature, which is the culture in the area from which the Hebrew Bible emerges, we see foxes as reflecting the ambivalence of human nature. Humans are to, are, to quote Martin Luther, simultaneously saints and sinners. And this certainly feels true, doesn't it? There's not such thing as only good people and only bad people. When I've taught theology to seminarians, I tell students that in almost everything we read, there can be something we can affirm, something that is good and true, and there also can be something in which we disagree, something that doesn't make sense, 
something that's harmful. We're all a mix of both. As much as we'd like to ignore that about others, as much as we'd like to ignore that about ourselves. Now, in the early 1900s, Zora Neale Hurston, one of the most preeminent writers of the 20th century United States, had another perspective on foxes. Hurston was a black novelist who wrote, their eyes were watching God. And she also collected the stories and biographies of Southern black Americans in the early, early 20th century who were still living under the regime of Jim Crow and segregation. And she records this saying that gives me pause. Anybody, depending on someone else's gods, is depending on a fox not to eat chickens. Anybody, depending on someone else's gods, is depending on a fox not to eat chickens. For her, foxes represented the faith that white Americans used to keep black Americans segregated. Have you ever seen a fox in the wild, though? Have you ever actually heard a fox cry? I know I have. It's not what you would expect. There's a reason that Norwegian comedy song, What Does the Fox Say?, was popular among the Gen Z and millennial crowd several years ago. And you can Google it and listen to it if you want to know a little more. It pointed out to the fact that we know how a lot of animals communicate, but we really don't know what a fox sounds like. Well, here's what a fox actually sounds like. Now, do you think Jesus knew what a fox sounded like? I'd like to think he did. This is why a Sharon Ring, who taught at Wesley Theological Seminary, describes this passage. She describes Herod was a pest, more apt to annoy than actually be a threat. You see, I don't think Jesus understood Herod to be a trickster. Herod was not sly with his attempt to kill Jesus. Herod was a pest, announcing his presence like the fox's annoying cry. But rather than harming his prey, he was just annoying them with a weird noise. Herod, as it seemed to Jesus, was all smoke and mirrors. He was harmless. And Jesus knew that his mission was to bring about the kingdom of God and that his mission was not complete. And so, rather than give Herod any real power, Jesus ignored that pesky, bumbling king. Herod sounded like a real-life fox. And I wonder, I wonder if Jesus' comments in calling Herod a, a fox elicited laugh from his audience. Well, of course, we know what happens with the rest of the story, right? Later, 
Herod would collude with Pilate to crucify Jesus. Herod, so it seemed, would have the last laugh. But even then, even then, even in Jesus' crucifixion, Herod had no power. In Luke chapter 23, Pilate sends Jesus back to Herod to be questioned. Herod asks him question after question after question, and Jesus does not answer him at all. Herod mocks Jesus by dressing him up in fine clothes and sending him back to Pilate. And I'd like to think that Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical Jesus Christ Superstar portrayed Herod's character more accurate than we'd like to admit. Herod looks like a buffoon. While Pilate and Herod and the empire eventually crucified Jesus. And yet, even in his murder, they had no real power. Jesus, Pilate tries to get Jesus to speak. Jesus refuses. And we know, because we know the whole story, right? That murder couldn't contain Jesus' power. Who are the foxes of our world? The ones we may give more power to than they ought to hold. Or those who try to deceive us. Those who talk a good game, but when they do anything, they sound like, well, a fox. And what would it look like to believe so mightily in what God is doing in and through our lives and the world that we saw the foxes of our world as less powerful than they actually are. That we laughed at them and gave them less power and energy than they want so we can all go about our business of following Jesus. And what would happen? What would happen if we laughed at the powers and principalities and evil at the world. In the medieval period, some holy women known as anchoresses, and I could give you a whole lecture on it, but I won't today, were told to laugh at the power of the devil because in doing so, and as I quote one guidebook, the devil's power melts away and quickly he takes to flight. We can laugh or dismiss things that seem powerful and harmful because at the end, they have no true power over us. And there's many examples of this in literature and movies, right? Including the popular movie Sing 2, which I may have watched more than once with my niece. In this animated movie against all odds, a koala and his buddies, because let's face it, the best kids' movies are when they have animals that can talk. A koala and his buddies create a space-themed musical that the overbearing producer, Jimmy, who is a wolf, by the way, he reluctantly approves. Of course, in creating and prepping for this musical, Jimmy does everything he can to sabotage the show. 
And at the opening of the show, Jimmy does all sorts of things to make sure that it will never run again. However, at the end, the audience erupts in a standing ovation, and the performers come out to take a bow. Jimmy, on the other hand, comes out to take the credit. It can seem like the foxes and the wolves of this world have a power that is untouchable, like Herod. But maybe, just maybe, we can be like Jesus, who knew where the real power lies, not from force or cruelty, but something else, something quiet and strong, something a little like love.